Welcome to episode 111 of Talking Wild Madness. This is Adam. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the film Edward and Isabella, which will be premiering on January 2022. No, sorry, March 2022, or maybe April 2022. Sorry, this is a terrible. Uh, this is a terrible introduction. Um, uh, well, it's not terrible. It just is what it is. Um, the film will be either filming in March or April 2022, but it will be uh, uh, made public the notification of when and where it's being um, shown at, and at which film festival that will happen in, in, in January 2022. Uh, so at the beginning of this episode, we're going to play the trailer for the film. Uh, and I was about to say, obviously, it'll only be the audio. And uh, that's that's about when I need to stop talking. Uh, but thanks for listening. to get out of the week away. I want to know if I want to get out of the relationship. And quiet, but it's time to rest up and love and affection. Lay you down, lay and I am about to turn his life completely down. upside down. I really don't know what it is about me that doesn't want it. I suppose it's the same part of you that wants to look up my dress. Wow. That is a very pretty dress, <laughs> Isabella. Keeping you warm to shine on another Slender body by the warm stage light. Your face it shines in the cool moonlight. So there was the trailer for Edward and Isabella. I hope that came out relatively clear. Um, making a trailer, I've always talked about this and I seem to be talking about this ad nauseum, uh, but a film, making the film is, is a, you know, an 18 month process. And within the one art form of the film, there are multiple different art forms. And then when it came to the trailer itself, it was also, that was like another art form where you had to, you know, you had to go and, and watch a hundred trailers from throughout history. Um, but I think we nailed the trailer. Now, I, I think we nailed them film as well. 
<coughs> excuse me. I, I, I really enjoy the film and I find myself late in the evening, every now and then watching some of the montages, there's three montages in the, in the film. The first montage is when they come to Albany and they arrive at the town. Then there's a montage in the middle of the film where they walk around. The montages only go for a couple of minutes. Um, the, the, the middle of the film montage is when they explore a bit of Albany. Uh, and then the last montage right towards the end of the film is when they climb up Bluff Knoll and Giuseppe Verdi is playing in, in the, in the, in the background. Um, and it's, yeah, I, it's an indulgent pleasure to sit down and watch your montages. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this is a regular thing that, that filmmakers do because I don't sit down and listen and read my books and I don't sit down and listen to my music. So I, I don't know. Although maybe but when I was making the music, I do remember when I was driving, I, I would listen to the music to see how it was going. Um, but certainly not reading the books once it's once they've been published because there's that sense of I can't do anything about it if I find a mistake in here. If something's not quite right, there's no way I can go back and fix it. So I don't know. That either means that I can go back and fix the film if there's something wrong with it or it's just perfect. So therefore, there's there's no, um, you know, there's no fears or worries about, about it, it disappointing you. Uh, I got an email yesterday from a listener and we were talking about listeners who were listening in from Ireland, which was super cool. But someone sent me uh, an email. Um, they sent me an email through the talking wild madness at gmail.com, uh, which is fine. Or if you want to send the Adam Morris author at gmail.com, that's fine as well. But they sent me an email saying that I shouldn't have given out the story for the next screenplay yeah uh, if you if you hadn't listened to episode 110 i gave a little bit of a, a brief rundown of what the plan is for the next year or two with regards to filmmaking and then we're going to make a film next year called frank and frank and then at some stage either the year after that or the year after that we're going to make a film called the old triangle which was based on this idea of a folk singer like a christy moore kind of character who has lost his son uh, his son has passed away early, obviously, and you just kind of hang out with this character. You hang out with this folk singer uh, in this Airbnb. So that that was the that was the, the premise. But the email I got, and it was very nice, uh, uh, and it was basically saying, you know, thanks, enjoy the show and, and that kind of stuff. But then at the end of the email, it said, why are you giving away your ideas? Why are you telling people what you've thought of, what you've come up with to make another film? Aren't you worried about people stealing your ideas? Um, and I, I absolutely understand where the person was coming from, and I thoroughly appreciate them taking the time to send to write an email in. Um, but for for myself personally, ideas are not things to be hoarded. They're not things to be protected. They're things to either be used or used and or discarded or or or, or both or ignored and and let go. Um, and my my theory is, or my belief, I don't know if it's theory because I think it works. So I, I don't know. If it, I think we might have crossed the um, we've crossed the valley. You've crossed the, the the canyon from theory to belief. Um, 
that that you can exercise there's a muscle in your brain or maybe it's in your gut biome or maybe it's in your dental biome or maybe it's in your epidermal biome but there's something that if you treat ideas um not as precious things to be hoarded and 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 kept close but if you treat your say you say they're say these ideas are coming into your brain if you treat your brain as a kind of a nest and the ideas float past and see the nest and then land in the nest if you treat those ideas as welcome that muscle then makes the nest better and it makes it more um uh welcoming for ideas to land in and also if you don't have ownership over the idea which you really shouldn't if you don't have ownership of the idea it's not that precious it's okay if it floats away and goes somewhere else but if you're to use the idea uh that's fantastic if you don't use the idea to think of the idea as an actual entity unto itself that will go somewhere else and will nest in someone else's um biome is is there's nothing wrong with that at all and what that does is in my in my uh, opinion what that does is it allows you the the human to become uh kind of an aerial for ideas and the ideas know that this is a good landing spot that they're welcome here uh and and the more ideas that you welcome in the more ideas want to stay so it's this idea um i don't know if it's an old testament idea or a new testament idea to to whom much is given more will be given um if you know how to look after ideas the word gets around in the idea universe and and more more ideas will come your way um so it's kind of like a word of mouth it's kind of like uh oh when if you go to this town you have to go to this bar or you have to go and visit that museum or you have to go to this beach or you have to go to you have to rock climb on that particular space if you go to that town you know if you go uh in a particular area this guy or this girl is good for ideas and you can land there and you find a little home there um i really believe that so uh, i i don't think there's you know a danger i don't think there's like an ownership over ideas um and and one of the wonderful things about uh, this this creative existence this creative life uh is that it creates its own energy for some reason it's one of the few things in the world that you can do and you can spend a lot of time and energy putting towards creating and once you've finished you're actually left with more energy it's very very it's very strange i was listening on the radio today to a uh war veteran i don't know what war he was from he was an american man and he had gone through he's now a buddhist monk and he had walked from Auschwitz to vietnam uh he had walked from new york to san francisco he had walked the border from uh all, all across the border the southern border from mexico to the united states and he was saying before his his kind of transition into this buddhist uh state he uh was just fuming with anger and he used to be he used to be silent and he used to keep all his his pain kind of inside uh and he he said that the anger that he had only generated more anger 
and the violence that was inside of him only generated more violence. And if he was to, um, you know, let that off the chain and go in and dive into violence or dive into anger and accept anger as his state, it would just increase. And anger, uh, in the Leviticus sense, anger begets, anger begats more anger. Um, and violence just begats more violence and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's all anger can do is create more anger. And that's all violence can do is create more destruction. Uh, but on the on the flip side, that's also, that's the way anger and violence ripple. Love also ripples the other way. And love multiplies upon itself and only creates more love. And creativity and good energy only creates more creativity and more energy. So the idea of, say, something like um, the old triangle, which was that folk singer idea, it's just an idea. Uh, it doesn't need, if, 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 if 100 people who were, who might have heard it yesterday like that idea and, and 100 people wanted to write, uh, a, you know, if 10 of those 100 people wanted to write a book based on that idea and 20 people wanted to make a film and of those 20 people, 10 of them made a feature film and five of them made a short film and five of them made an animation and 30 of them wrote a song and, and another 20 made painted a picture or whatever, it's all beautiful and it all just creates more creativity and more creation. And we are, you know, depending on 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 your uh, depending on your position, um, even even the fundamental uh, the fundamentalists among us believe we are made in the image of a creator, a god who is a creative. Uh, so that great spirit is is based on creativity. So more creation, more creativity, more onward movement. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing. So ideas are not meant to be hoarded um and nothing is really meant to be hoarded nothing is meant to be hoarded especially life especially time um and and yeah positivity breeds positivity negativity breeds more negativity um are you living a creative life or are you living a destructive life uh, and you don't have to be richard ramirez the night stalker to be living a destructive life you can be living a destructive life very quietly, very intimately, very privately. You can be living a destructive life. Um, and equally, you can be living a very creative life without having to be, um, you know, uh, Scorsese or Tolstoy or, or fill in the blank or, or, uh, or Banksy or, or whoever. You can, living, you can be living a very beautiful creative existence that bubbles with its own energy. But as soon as you start, I think, wrapping your arms around things and hiding them and holding onto them and pr protecting them, you know, and not letting them out, as soon as you start putting any kind of uh, physical, mental, psychological, spiritual cage around anything and, and giving it value because it's yours, I think you've lost, I think, I think you've lost something. Um, and that muscle of generosity and creativity uh, is, is, um, can be you can be is susceptible to repetitive practice like anything else and and the more you do it um uh the more merits in your bounty <laughs>